Greetings, everyone, and welcome to this month's edition of Ask the Amigos. This yeah, is where oh, we answer questions from our Discord community. They post them in the Ask the Amigos channel, and we answer them. We got a bunch of great questions this week, Aaron. We're going to start things off from the living legend, the Slow Norris. He says, Last week, Aaron streamed some games and had a custom Amigos logo at the bottom of the screen. It was Psygnosis-esque with a nifty Amigo Aaron logo ball. Who did it? And could one pay for a personalized version? <laughs> well, I'm about to let you come behind the curtain, slow Norris. <laughs> I do all the art. And by do, I mean I rip off everything I possibly can. Then I have to do all the extra art and manipulate things. And so that particular piece of art, much like all the art that I do, all the logos I make, all the crap, all the streams, backgrounds, they were all made by me. Uh, with stuff that I've yanked off the internet, and then I load up. Listen, some people like their Photoshop boat. <clears throat> some people like their uh, Turbo Paint programs or Gimp Paint, if you will. Not me. I, call me a nostalgic type. I go with th the old Paint 3D. And mm. so all the art you've ever seen on any of these shows that I did was done with Paint uh, 3D Paint on the Microsoft 3D Paint boat. Classic. And I Classic. did that one. I will say... Uh, not the two mon horn boat, but I was very proud of that Amiga uh, streaming backdrop. Yeah. Uh, I, and I came across that, you know, what really triggered it was I found a place that was a Psygnosis random cover generator. And I was like, man, I'm going to make a whole stream setup that looks like a Psygnosis box. And, the, and that's, that's what awesome. I did. Yeah. All right. Jonah asks if Boat and Aaron could swap their brains and jump into each other's bodies, would you do it? There's no going back. Who's healthier, Boat, me or you? I well, mean, with, with all the with various physical ailments and whatnot, who is the healthier? But I'm older, obviously, so I would probably swap. I think I might swap, but the thing is, you never know what's going on that Boat doesn't talk about, and vice right. versa. Right. You know. So I mean, look at you. You live the life of a champion. That's like true. most people would want your life. You've got a great kid. You've got a rock and pad. You've got you play. You you you've got a freaking stream of income from talking about video games that you love playing. It's a great life. It's not bad. Um, that part's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, but so do I you. Mean, the, the, the you've got a great is, wife. You've got yeah, a bigger the problem is, pad. Is that my life is also pretty good. Yeah. And I don't know that I'd want to leave. You know the the good things I've got now. If I could do it for like a week, heck yeah, I'd love to live. The fact that you, I mean, out of both of us, you are the one that is universally adored by everybody in our Discord community, and I'm the ultimate heel. So I'd love to step into that role just to see what it's like, just to receive that nonstop adulation that you get, that hero worship You're on the Discord. Idiot. I'd love to see that, but I'd probably want to jump back into my body at some point. You'd want to jump back pretty quick when you when you came home from a full day of work in prison and had to do the dishes, the laundry, to cook the food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might be on to something yeah. there. <laughs> Chris Folds asks, have you ever swam with dolphins or sharks? Aaron? I mean, probably. I've swam in the ocean. You know, to no, that but that's not what he's saying. He's saying, like, have you ever gone on one of those, like, specialized excursions where you swim and you're petting the Listen, dolphin or you're the in thing. the cage? You don't, they don't just give that crap away. That costs, that costs straight up money, yo. You're I right. Got, I don't got dolphin petting money. I go pet, like, 
uh, catfish and muskies and crap like that. That not the dolphins. Are you kidding me? Have you ever been catfish noodling? Oh God, are you nuts? People lose fingers doing that. Hell no. <laughs> I guarantee you, the vast, vast majority of our uh, expat chat has no idea what we're talking about. It's where you basically go on rivers, and there are holes in the side of the rivers where catfish live, and you reach down in there and you just grab them by the mouth and yank them out of there, and you they'll let bite the you. Catfish, yeah, you let the catfish bite and envelop yeah. your hand in its mouth, and then you pull it out and you hold it aloft like a trophy. To be frank, I don't like fish. I don't like fishing. I don't like worms, for that matter. Mm. So I don't. No, I don't. I'm the. I'm the. Uh, I'm not a good West Virginian. I don't. I don't like most. I don't like hunting either. I don't do any of that mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, I've never. I've never swam with the dolphins or the sharks, uh, and a lot of it is I've never wanted to spend the money to do it because it's a very. It's a short time period. And it's a lot of dough. I would not want to, even if it were free, I would not want to swim the sharks. Hell no. Anytime it's like, hey, be in this cage so the shark doesn't eat you. Yeah, that's what they want you to think. That's when the shark rips through the bars and it eats the heck out of you. Screw that. That's right. That's right. And then what they do is they just sink the cage and they pretend like the whole thing never happened. What a way to go out. What happened to John? Oh, he he wanted to pet the sharks. (laughs) The shark got him. (laughs) And ate him. What a dumb way to die. People yeah. would be like, what was Bo thinking? No, no, no way. You don't want that on your tombstone. No. Killed in <laughs> cage by shark. What a dummy. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lob. Lob Terminator. Finland's Finest asks, was there something in your life where you can say you were ahead of most others? Like the stereotypical hipster joke, I liked X before it was cool type of deal. Tons and tons and tons of stuff. Oh, my God. I mean, I've been ahead of everybody. For, I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn. Really? I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, it's it is what it is. I've would, uh, and it's all technical stuff. But I've been ahead of people for years. I was ahead of people for when it comes to uh, bootlegging. Or uh, I was ahead of people when it came to piracy. I was ahead of people when it came to technology, hooking your computer up to your TV, having a computer in your car, MP3. I was ahead of everybody on that. No one, my friends, all thought I was an idiot. I distinctly remember. Telling the boys, it's like, yeah, he goes, I was like, this Xbox Media Center is awesome. You can watch a lot of stuff off the internet for free. Oh, my God, Aaron, what is it with you and these computers? You're an idiot. And, like, a month later, my Matt and Chad, I'm talking about you, they were like, oh, man, this thing's great. And, like, I didn't exist. I was like, you guys laughed me out of the room when I suggested doing this. You know, cracking stuff, hacking place. That whole, I've been, I was way ahead of the curve on that stuff. Now, eventually, the curve passed me by, and it beat me down. So now... No one can. Something else I learned: being ahead of the curve. No one cares because the second the curve catches up with you, they just tell you to go to hell anyway. They pretend you weren't ahead of it. They're like, "Oh, I was always up in the curve." They weren't. They were way back. This is a sore point with me. I guess is what I'm saying. What about you? Um, I've always been one of those people that hate, especially music people, because I'm around so many music people. They're like, "Yeah, I was into them way back when they were nothing." It's like, yeah, you know, do you get a star for that? I mean, what? What do you derive out of that? It's like you're taking other people's joy away from the music because you happen to like it first. Anyway, for uh, you know, me, that's true though. But just to, I want to talk about that point for a second. But I mean, I will say, several people I know, my buddy Mark and my buddy Jason, are come to mind. Jason was like, "Listen, check out this band, Guns and Roses." And I was like, "What is this crazy stuff?" And he was into them like years before I'd heard of them. And my buddy Mark was into like Smashing Pumpkins and stuff years before anybody'd heard of them. 
And I, and I was like, man, you're nuts. No one even knows what the hell you're talking about. Well, and eventually everyone knew. So some people do have uh, some keen insight on the musical comings and oh, goings. Yeah, you know, yeah what I don't like, what I don't like is the way that people rub it in as if like you as a newcomer fan are somehow less of a fan because you didn't know about them when they Did were people small. do that? <sighs> Like you wouldn't believe. I used to work in a record store, man. Music I, I dealt with these people all the time. Yeah, yeah. Just smack them upside um, the head. What are they gonna do? They're music geeks. They're not gonna do nothing. Now, you know, we're talking. When you answer a question like this, you're ta- we're talking essentially about our our social circle. You know, the group of friends that we ran with when we were ahead of the curve. Yeah. Um, for me, I was the first person that I knew that had a website. You know, that, and now I'm not saying that I was a web dev or anything, but I went into the AOL area where you could create your own website and I put something up and people were like, holy cow, you have a website? That's insane. And yeah. then everybody did it. So that's, that was the one time where I was ahead of the curve. But most of the time, uh, I mean, like, what do you think about like all the stuff like, now we do so many different things from our friends. It's like, well, we were the first people to use OBS and have a podcast, but no. none of our friends still. Oh, you our know, friends. Have a yeah, you're right. Yeah, That's true. yeah. And so, well, they, it's it's a different deal now. With the internet, everybody's done everything forever. But see, and now so. it's inconvenient. Before yeah. it was a bragging point. But now you're like, I'll give you just like we were talking about. I got uh, I got team speaker regulars coming up. It'd be awesome if one of those guys could just take OBS and start streaming that sucker without me. But they don't know how. <laughs> so now I want them to come ahead. Get ahead of right. me. For God's right. sakes, don't let me lead. I'm an idiot. Now, we're going to move on to the next question. The next question comes to us from Jason, the Great White North's own. He says, is there something that you do today which was something one of your parents did that you swore you'd never do? Be bald. Your dad's not bald. My dad's bald as a cue ball. Is he really? He's been bald since he was like 17. I don't know if I've ever seen him without a hat on. Yeah, that's a, there's a reason for that boat. Mm. Because he's bald. I've told this story, but I'll tell it again. The old man used to have the old comb-over boat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And it was long, right? Like, picture like hair that's like, it's right here. And right. if you if you pulled it down this way, it would hang down like riffraff, okay? <laughs> and he'd take that whole gimmick and be like, hoosh. And, and I remember, distinctly remember and how much I loved it. I would come up to him, and I would literally take that big bundle of hair and throw it right in his face. <laughs> and I'd laugh. Nice comb over, dude. <laughs> and he'd be like, he, I remember distinctly going, it will happen to you. Just like mm-hmm. that. I was like, no <laughs> way, man. You know, <laughs> you is that freedom rock, man? Yeah. I did have long flowing locks. <laughs> yeah. It bangs down to here the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. Man, but I knew in high school, I'm like, well, I'm boned because <laughs> it started coming out. And here I am today. And I've been bald for decades. So, yeah, that's the one thing I, uh, I didn't want to happen, but I had no stop. That was the way it was. What about you? Probably my enjoyment of golf. When I was a kid, I used to hate when Dad would put on golf because it lasted forever. Yeah, you'd put it on at like two, and it would go off at like nine. And I'm like, "Come on, we got to watch something else around here." Yeah, yeah. And uh, and and so, but now I do the same thing. Sunday afternoon, you flip it on, you sort of exist in a semi-dozed pattern on the couch. It's great. It's that's, just the, calm that's the and official. Soothing. That's the official sport of Coco Talk. That's yeah. Just, <laughs> you know something else, and this is more in line with the question. I remember when I was a kid, the old man and my mom would take me on these ridiculous car rides. They still take these. 
they would drive for like six, seven hours and just be just driving around random places. Like we weren't going anywhere. We never got a car. It used to drive me nuts to do that. And then that's something. That, and eventually, I started doing the exact same thing, just random car rides. Now, at least now my random car rides, I'm going to a prison or something. But they were real bad about that. That used oh, to drive me nuts. Barkbit mentioned something too. I've got a buddy that uh, posts on Facebook about the Grammys. He's real into the, like the new popular music scene. I went on uh, the sort of like the site, like some website that had all of the artists that were on there. And when I was a kid, my dad would always say, well, I don't know who any of these people are. And I was like, how can you be so out of touch with popular music that you don't recognize at least one of these acts? Well, I'm there right now. I will say in your defense, Boat, okay, artists have tur- don't turn over like they do now since the disco era. I mean, there's a lot of turnover. Don't get me wrong. There are some artists that keep coming back around, but there's a million artists that come and go. It's hard to keep up, man, unless yeah. you're right on top of it. So it's people are like, oh, you're out of touch. But listen, I listen to a lot of stuff, but the truth of the matter is these people come and go. And right. something else, if you've got an artist you just straight up don't like that much, she may be cranking out the hits. But if you don't like her, you're not going to listen to her. You know that hasn't changed. And mm-hmm. and there's, so if you're not into what's going on now, the, the 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 direction of music, you can't you can't be faulted for being out of touch. We don't like it and don't keep up with it. You know. So there you go. I, yeah. Chris Folds asks, can you guess what any of these food dishes are? Okay, so I'm going to tell you what the dish is. Why do I you, have to be quizzed? <laughs> and because I'm the one that's got the Discord channel. Damn it. Up. So I'm going to tell you what the dish is, and I'm, I'm going to guess, too, because okay. I don't know. I, I, it's okay. The first one is coddled eggs. I would assume it's some sort of dish involving eggs. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no idea. It is eggs that are slowly cooked in a small dish in a watered bath. That makes sense. They're is like, that they're like Is that like a boiled egg? Yeah, that's okay. a, I think it's another term for a boiled egg. How about a Welsh rabbit? You know, I've heard that term. Does it, it involves carrots, doesn't it? Uh, no, it's actually hot cheese sauce over toasted bread. Okay, there is well, no I rabbit. Have, I have heard that term, and I knew there was no rabbit in there. I will Where that. do you stand on nacho cheese? I stand right in front of the bowl with my face in it. <laughs> okay, so you like it. You'd approve of this dish. Yeah. Lady fingers. I know what that is. Those are like those are very very fine delicacy that no one knows around here. They're uh, pastries, beautiful, yeah, delicious pastries. You got, you got it. Sweet sponge cakes in the shape of fingers. You I got told it. you that story about the baker when I, I told him to send me get me some lady fingers. They didn't know mm-hmm. what they were. They gave me those stupid stupid freaking cream filled cones. Right. What the hell is going on there? <laughs> okay, here's the last one, Aaron. Stargazy pie. I have no clue on that one, Boat. This one I had no idea either. I like the name, though. Yeah. it's Okay, it's a Cornish dish. I also don't know what those words mean. Cornish. Of pilchers. Yeah. I don't know what pilchers are. Nope. Bakes in a pastry crust where there are heads sticking out the top. I don't understand any of that. I don't I'm want to I'm going to read the whole that. thing one more time for the benefit of our listeners in the UK, because I'm sure they know what I'm talking what uh-huh. I'm talking about. Cornish dish should... Boy, it's even hard to say. Cornish dish of pilchards bakes in a pastry crust with their heads sticking out the top. First of all, that's disgusting. I don't want anything that I don't want anything in a pie that's got a head. Head sticking out we the top. We talked about this we talked about this the other night on stream, I believe. Meat pies don't they don't cut it here in the States. Unless mm-hmm, you're eating yeah. a chicken pot pie. What's not the way we roll? I don't know what a pilchard is. Mm-hmm. Right? And I don't want something I don't know what it is staring up at me as I pretend as I begin to start eating it. 
Anytime that I've got to deal with a pilchard head, no. No Pilchards are fish, they say. Fish. I also don't yeah. like fish. You want a head you want a fish head sticking out the top? What is of the name anything? of that what's the name of that dish again, Boat? Stargazy Pie. How the hell does that name fit a fish head pie? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the stupidest name I've ever heard. Get it out. Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, asks, One month later in the same question asked, Are you any closer to succumbing to the Mr. Crew? Paul, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. He has succumbed. <laughs> Approximately two days after swearing off the Mr. Forever on the last episode of Ask the Amigos, I purchased the Mr. And I've since recorded many videos about the Mr. With one coming up next week, uh, it's become uh, the love of my life. Uh, it's definitely the best retro gaming purchase uh, I've I've made. Uh, I wouldn't say it's the best retro gaming thing that's happened to me uh, in the past year. That would be getting the Coco Three, uh, but uh, it no. is it is it is right up there. Don't forget about the, the Amiga One Thousand. That was an also an awesome thing you got in the last year. Yeah, that that, that, yeah, that that's true. That's By true. the way, I've, been... I've never seen someone that that's so that that considered his own opinion so invaluable as you. I mean, you will you will turn on yourself. You're your own traitor. You're your own <laughs> Judas. You you backstab yourself. I've never seen anybody do that in my life. You you badmouthed. You're like, no, I don't need this. I got all this original hardware. I remember that, and I look at you. you <laughs> <laughs> disingenuous. <laughs> hey, remember, I'm the wizard of hypocrisy. That's what they call me. <laughs> Congratulations. Crazy Loomis asks. Mars is now the only planet in the solar the solar system so that is solely populated by robots from Earth. Yeah. Under what circumstances would you consider moving there permanently? So let me let me try and grok this. Okay. So let's pretend let, let's pretend like I guess that robots roam around Mars and you can go there and you can live with the robots. Well yeah, he would means like it? rovers and stuff. That's what he's talking about. He's he yeah. has, uh, yeah. um No. <laughs> No, I wouldn't because there's nowhere to live. There's no atmosphere and there's no vegetation. So no, mm. I know. Well, what would maybe, it take to okay, get me there? If the circumstances were different, because the question is, under what circumstances would you consider moving there? If Mars were terraformed, settled, mm -hmm. and I could live there as comfortably as I do on Earth, that I might give it a whirl. But otherwise, no, <laughs> because I'm here now. I'm yeah. already happy. You'd have to you'd have to be offered a better deal than you currently have. And I feel like I've got a pretty good deal going on right here. Now wait so. a minute. If we could, if if someone terraformed Mars, okay, right, settled Mars, fully developed Mars, and mm -hmm. then they set up a government that worked, I would go to Mars. How about that? If I didn't yeah. have to put up with a bunch of crap, if I if every day I woke up and I was like, geez, what a great government. I'm living like a, great. This is great. Everybody's happy. There's no jerks. Then right. I would go. Yeah. So basically, if, if Utopia was created on Mars, then then I'd be on the next plane out. Yes. Batman asks, following the successful launch of the Amiga Addict magazine, I thought I'd ask, have you guys seen copies of the recently revived Crash and Zap 64 magazines? And if so, what are your thoughts? We we were sent some of those, weren't we, Boat? We got the Crash Annual yeah. from Roshi. He sent us uh, each a copy. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan. All of these revival magazines, they're all done with a great deal of care and love. And it, the, the quality shows through. I haven't seen the actual physical of me attic, but after watching you open it last night and feel, and just, I can just tell from the glossiness oh, of the man. pages. 
Yeah, you're a big fan mag. of the gloss. It didn't yeah. matter. It could be blank, and you'd be like, oh, I can as lick the pages. As long as it's not that high, that heavy paper, yeah. if I can smell it, that's all I care Here's about. Here's the thing, a boaster. When these magazines come back to life, they're not coming back because, hey, we're going to make a crap load of money. It's because some people are so dedicated to the cause that they're willing to risk financial ruin and all their time being wasted and, and all this other crap and all their labor to make something that comes out that they love. They're not going to put out a dud. Right. You know what I'm they're gonna. Right. They're pipping their heart in these things. Do you think the guy that makes the new crash annual? Do you think this guy's cleat going to the money bank? No, <laughs> no, he's not. No one now, is. Uh, his final question is: What classic gaming magazine would you like to see revived? And I'm going to expand upon that a little bit and ask you: Is there, if you could make your own classic gaming magazine uh, about around a system? What would you What would you choose? Well, I'll, first, I want to answer the question, which is, I would has, I would love to see. There's two magazines that come to mind. One, it would require a, a, a literally a, 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 a quantum shift in the market. But the original, the old school, thick as a phone book computer shopper was great. Mm. It wasn't around one computer, but it was just awesome to have all those choices. But if mm. I was going to go computer centrically, one of my favorite magazines. I love these magazines. Was Rainbow. Rainbow Magazine for the color computer. God, it was good. It was thick. It had all kinds of cool game reviews. It wasn't like Coco, Hot Cocoa, that crappy Garbage. magazine. Yeah. This thing was the bomb. It was an awesome magazine, so that's the one I would pick. There were tons of good Amiga magazines that I liked, but I'd have trouble picking like my favorite. It would probably be Amiga, I don't know, Amiga Power, maybe. I liked it an awful lot, but they were they were, they were all pretty good, I thought, as a, as a younger guy. Now, what was your question to slant on this? Say it again, Boat. So if you could choose, well, you kind of already answered it. Um, if you could choose a system, any any classic computer that you would like to have a Amiga Addict like magazine around, I got what would one. You choose? Okay, the Vectrix. I would love the Vectrix to have a cool magazine. There's a lot of homebrew for it and stuff. It never had jack squat, so I'm going to say right. Vectrix, but that's a good choice. What do you think? Uh, you know, I really like Antic Magazine. I've been reading the heck out of those. Uh, Slow North Slow set Norse. you up. Yeah, he, yeah. S- he set me up for life. But I don't know that I need, like, more of that. Part of the charm of that magazine is that it is of its era. Yeah. You know, it's written like a 1980s magazine. That's one of the things that I love about the Amiga show, you know, Anthony Jarvis's show, is that it looks like it came right out of the 80s. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a it's difficult got a VCR thing. VCR feel to it, doesn't it? Right, yeah. right. Um, so, boy, I don't know. I really don't know what I would choose to bring back. Um, you know, actually, I know that there is an Apple II magazine. I think it's called Juice uh, GS or something like that. That's a horrible but I would like boat. to. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a gaming-related Apple II magazine, just because that's a that's a platform that I really don't know anything about. Yeah. And uh, I, I'd like to, I'd like to see that. Of course, the Atari Eight Bit too. Yeah. I, the, the problem is, is I like it all, man. I, you know, I like it all. Another magazine I really enjoyed, and it was not out for a long time, but I thought it was a high quality magazine, and it covered the era very well. Was Next magazine? Remember yeah. Next Gen? Yeah. That was a great magazine. It was it was another beautiful, colorful, glossy. That was magazine. right out of the UK too, and it was is... written by people that weren't morons. Like, mm-hmm. and they weren't always like rainbows and sunshine. You know, right. I thought that was a good magazine too. I was sad when that one went away. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of good. There's been some pretty decent computer magazines over the years, and then there's been some I didn't like. Like I never liked Compute that much. It was one that mm-hmm. was very popular. I like typing in programs for it, but they never had anything for the Coco, so I ignored it for the most part. But yeah, so I think we covered some good ones there, though. I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see. Super Famiking asks, uh, further to the heated, there was a heated debate about uh, which was better, Italian or American-style pizza on the Discord. Aaron, do you go for Italian-style or American-style pizza? Well, what is it? What's the difference? Can you explain the difference to me? So Italian-style pizza is, it's, it's almost like it's a lot plainer. Like, you don't get, like, 87 million types of toppings. Uh-huh. And the dough itself is also of a different consistency. I've only had Italian-style pizza a couple times in my life. From your so description, why expert. would I want that? <laughs> but it's, it's <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to answer. For me, I'm going with American-style because that's what we've got around here. It's good eating. And, and uh, it's cheap. It's good. And and you know if you're if you're pounding down beers during Coco Talk, there's nothing better than devouring a whole large pizza from Pizza Hut. Holy, I can't do that. My God, no, I do it I every would week. Explode. You eat a whole pizza? Sometimes. How am it's I the me- fat guy? Why am I getting screwed genetically? <laughs> Everyone can eat more than me, but I'm the big tub. By the way, I'm having pizza at the exact conclusion of this particular uh, event, uh, but I, I'm going to go with you, not knowing uh, just from your description. Now, there are different types of pizza in the States that I like more. And someone on the chat, the Buckster, Buck Owens, renowned Yeah, that's, that's our enthusiast. next question, so stay tuned Oh, okay, for that. Go, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead and crank it up. What is better, New York-style or Chicago-style pizza? I don't know what New York-style is. Okay, so New York-style New York style is a chewy crust, and it's, it's, a, it's a large piece. The physical slice is probably 12 inches long. You almost uh-huh. have to fold it in half to eat it. Like uh, you can't really get deal. you can't really get New York style pizza around here, but that's what it is. Well, I like it's Chicago. almost actually the closest one is probably like if you get like a Geno's extra uh-huh. large. You know how it's kind of soggy. Yeah, yeah. The sad thing is sometimes I crave that. It's, it's disgusting so, as it is. Chicago style. Hey, you know what Chicago? Style oh is, yes, do. I do know yeah. that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Chicago, the deep dish Chicago style pizza. That's good eating, boat. But For me. I would oh, never ahead, get rid ahead. of either one of the pizzas. I like I would lovingly embrace yeah. New York, <laughs> Chicago, Detroit, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, all of them all. The best slice of pizza I can remember having in my life was in London. I did, I was walking around London and we stopped in some random place and we got of course I was drunk out of my mind, so that might have had something to do with you? it. You but it was so good, just like walking around London and seeing like and, and seeing like all of the different things that eat in this pizza. It was great. There's Maybe nothing better than being liquored up and then having good food. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's funny you should mention that because, you know, I, I went on a long, long drive this week for the for work. It was so far away that it took me to a White Castle, mm-hmm. which is a burger, a very you gotta, famous. you got to drive a long way bur- to get to one of those. That's here. right. It was it was a, it was a 150 miles or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I had White Castle, and I used to have White Castle quite a bit. And I can tell you, at the there was at the time there was a time in my life where being boozed up, having a White Castle and a chocolate shake, that was it. That was yeah. the pinnacle. Doesn't get any better. Well, it gets better now. The I will. I'm going on record. The White Castle burgers have deteriorated, and mm. I mean that. I, mean, I think I mean that in every sense of the word. <laughs> well, they were never awesome to begin with. Well, so they were. Not... They were. They were. They had a consistency that I was comfortable with, and that consistency has been lost. <laughs> you know, here's what I used to do because when I was in college, I lived much closer to a White Castle because I went to college in Ohio, and uh, I used to get the sack of twenty and a large Barg's red cream soda. You know, not bark, sorry, Big Red. Big I had red. a Big Red. That's what yeah. I got. That's yeah. what I got. Let me and tell was... you, you want, to, you want to play Russian roulette with your colon? Yeah. Eat a sack of 20 in a large Big 20? Red. 20? 
Yeah. You know, the thing about it, what's it, you know, speaking of big red soda, I'm sure no one has this, but no. never has a soda tasted like nothing when you drank it, but then the aftertaste tastes like something. It's the damnedest thing. <laughs> it's it's weird. like drinking white out with a cherry kicker. It's the dark. Yeah. I've never seen like it, man. Yeah, yeah. Jonah asks, carpeted or uncarpeted bathrooms? Uncarpeted. Yeah. Uh, the, my, the only... Name a place that you've been. Do you know any relatives that have a carpeted bathroom? We used to have a carpeted bathroom back on my mom, back, you know, way back. The shit, mm-hmm. you know, we had carpet everywhere. That's no my uh, my grandparents, my dad's parents in Louisville, they have a carpeted bathroom. And I never got over it. I still, because they still, my, my grandfather still lives there. I never get over the weirdness of it. It's just weird having carpet. And, and I know that, like, lots of places don't have carpet at all. I'm a big carpet guy. I know the trend is to have, like, hardwood floors or, like, the laminate hardwood floors yeah. or whatever. I still like carpet in a living room. I like carpet in a bedroom. Um, but in a bathroom, no way. No I like way. rugs. I don't like carpet. I don't like carpet at all. We had mm-hmm. shag carpet growing up. You know that was mm-hmm. the that was the that was what everybody had. You know, yeah, no good. I, I never liked it. And so, and it's also once it gets stained, you're boned. Uh, at least hardwood floors. You got yeah, worst case scenario, you could sand that sucker down if you have yeah. to. And if you've got pets, like yeah, carpet is yeah. no good. Oh my god, no and my pets—they're not doing my hardwood any favor either. They're, yeah. they're killing me. Christian Russell asks. Um, let's see. He uh, recently shared a recent awkward moment. Uh, what is the most embarrassing moment or faux pas that's ever happened to you, Aaron? The most? Well, I'm not going to tell it on here. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> he said, and Christian does say, if your number one is too embarrassing, then we'll take the second most. I'm sure I've mentioned this, but it's funny. You took your belt test today uh, mm-hmm. for karate. Fingers crossed, by the way, Boat. Thank you. Uh, I used to go to these tournaments, karate tournaments back in the mm-hmm. day. You've probably heard of them. Yeah. When people used to gather in large numbers. I've, I've been to many also. And what you do is, there's for what what is called a kata, which is a mm-hmm. Japanese word for form, mm-hmm. you would memorize a series of moves that have been handed down for hundreds of years. And you'd do these katas for I mean, a million times, right? And then you would perform a kata at the tournament, and you would be judged on the kata. And then... Uh, um, they would you would get a trophy if you were caught or was good enough to win, right? Well, listen, I was a tubby doofus at a gee. There's not a cotta made that's going to get me over the pay window. You know what I'm saying, Boat? But I still, mm-hmm. we had to do them. I was there to fight. I was built for fight, not for grace, right. Boat. Right, you're a fighter, not a lover. But you still have to do it. So you go, when you do these cottages, you got to bow onto the floor. Then yep. you walk up to the judges. You bow to the judges to say something like, you strike a fighting stance. And, and you don't, say, Don't pretend like you don't remember what you used to say. Say it. You say, Hello, I'm Aaron Dowdy. Kostumi Sei Khan, Sutherland Street Karate. Today I will be performing Fuku Gotta Itch. And then they would, and they would bow to you and you would clap your hands and bow. And then you'd back up to give yourself space and you'd do your kata. Okay? Yeah. So I remember a tournament, a big tournament. It was like Dayton or something. I ran out, same shtick. I ran up to the judges. I said, I said my shtick. I went back and I botched the kata. <clears throat> now you're taught if you botch the kata, you walk up to the, you stop the kata. You walk up to the judge and be like, I would I'd like to perform this kata again from the beginning. And they and bow. They they they'd give you the like the queen and one of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I went up and said, "I, you know, basically, I bought Sakata, and when I did it, I bowed, and when I, I went like that and knocked my glasses in the judge's lap." <laughs> <laughs> 
And I, and I was the whole arena is watching me, you know. <laughs> so Tubby Dupas in pajamas knocks glasses in judges laughed. The judges laughed. Not good. I go back to start the con again. At this point, I know I was like, this is completely fruitless. I screwed it up again. I made up the ending, and I got the hell out of there. And I told Dad, I was like, start the car. I remember. We're, we're, we're gone. That was so. Our that's one of the more embarrassing. And of course, the other one that I think it was the in the speaking of White Castle, the Cincinnati Tropicana performance where I needed a White Castle before the big show. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah. So what about you, Boat? I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of bathroom related embarrassing <laughs> situations. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. There, you, you 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 either have a bathroom emergency or your diet you know precludes a lot of flatulence. Um, <laughs> and uh, I remember, you know, you you are you're a little bit too old for this, but later on at the middle school, uh, they you know they were building the new middle school, but it hadn't been built, and there were eight billion kids at Hurricane Middle School. Yeah. So what they did was they set up ten to twenty thousand of these portable buildings outside in the oh, back. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and the the bathrooms in these uh, in these portable buildings didn't have what you call a whole lot of audio, um, you know, insulation. Right. And so whenever you were in there, everybody knew what was going on. Yeah. And there was one time in particular where it got bad and I didn't hear the end of it for a long time. So it's funny how many times the bathroom goes into play with the embarrassed situations. You know, I try my best to never use the restroom in that capacity abroad yeah. you know yeah yeah uh, you got to be careful but sometimes what you, you gonna do. do you know you what are you gonna do on. when you gotta go you gotta go all right l curtis boyle asks who draws the eight bit <laughs> caricatures of you two for the various show intros and how did that come about uh well, well curtis you, um Back in, uh, soon after we started the show, I think it was probably 2016, you know, about a year after we started the show, uh, I wanted to have uh, some some pixel art of us. And so I went on Fiverr, which is a, a site that you can hire freelance artists to do stuff for they you. They're still around? They are. Fiverr's yeah. still around. And uh, I paid a guy from Italy. I think I paid him $60. And he created both of our visages as well as all the animations that yeah. we have, um, you know, where the, if you go on our Patreon page... You can see us like talking and laughing. You don't and see stuff that. Like that. We don't use that one that much anymore. That, that was, not anymore. That was cute. Yeah, it's the deal of the century. I, the, this guy was amazing, and he was cheap. Um, unfortunately, he uh, he soon left the building. He soon uh, was no longer accepting fiber stuff. So when I did the most recent round of uh, of drawings, because I wanted to update with us uh, having some more uh, expressions and also my new hairless mood, uh, <laughs> I ended up getting a guy from the Czech Republic do all those things so uh fiverr is your friend if you're looking for any kind of art uh these guys work incredibly cheap and they do excellent excellent work because uh they they depend on your good feedback so uh yeah fiverr.com did they do brent as well they did brent as well that was a that was a third guy i can't remember who who did brent but uh but yeah good good job they 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 look they look like they were all done with the same guy it's quite remarkable yeah yeah We've gotten a lot of mileage out of those, haven't we, Boat? We have. <laughs> they've, they've been good to us. Mitsuyama asks, if you were leaders of your own cult, what are some of the edicts you would issue to your followers? Why don't you take that one first, Boat? You're, a, you're <sighs> sort of a culty fellow. Well, thank you. You know, if I had a cult, you know, obviously, 
we're we're going outside you know reality where you know I, I would probably not be a cultist. I would probably follow my my religion, which I guess you could call a cult. It just depends on your perspective. But if I was going to be your typical cult leader, uh, I would be sort of like your Maharishi, you know, from the '60s with with uh, with John and Paul and all that stuff. I'd have my ashram set up somewhere. Have all the, the the groves, the mangoes, and the fruits, and everything, and I would walk around in this long white robe, right? And I'd have just like a train of you know, ten to thirty young ladies between the ages of say eighteen and, and twenty three, you know, in my in, in in my procession. And then you know, I would just I would just sort of the the edicts I would issue would be you know just sort of platitudes like, remember, if you give me you know like some money, then you're going to have a good life. You're gonna and it would win people that's over. That's what you're saying. It would. That it sucked. would win. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, you know, basically, people would flock to me because of my presence. People do that already. You know how people flock to me, and uh, and yeah, that's what I would do. How about you, Aaron? There was a time. You're not gonna believe this because you know me. I'm happy. I'm your good buddy, your chum, your bosom companion, amigo, Aaron. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's pal. There was a time. Where I I could pinpoint the time in my life where I had the most jack, all right, and the most jack I had was uh, here's the way I look at it, and this is cult like. That's why I mention it. When you could get people to put themselves in stupid, uncomfortable situations solely on the basis that you told them to do it, that's a cult, and you're the leader of that cult. And I had mm-hmm. that sort of power. It mm-hmm. was awesome, and it was when we were filming Vladkula. Back in the day, my horror film. This was in Lexington, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. I had people like embrace, dress up like idiots, cover themselves in ketchup, lay in the mud, bite each other, fight each other, all on camera. To do, I could do whatever I wanted uh, to these suckers, and they would do it. And all of this happened at three or four in the morning. You know, I had these people follow me into my basement so I could fill. I could perform a completely made up. House cleaning, house cleansing ritual of spirits. I made it all up on the fly just to see if I could get suckers to do it. They did. You know that's what a cult leader does. They don't have a, a motto or or a uh, or a plan. A proper cult leader is just doing it just to see if they could get away with it. And that's what mm. I like to do. There's no parade no. of hot chicks. See that crap? You're manipulating suckers at the base level. It's power over other individuals. That's a cult leader, ha, man. Have you have you queued up Vladkilla for us to watch a, a scene or two of that right here I now don't have, on Nasty no, Amigos? It's amazing. I know. I didn't. I didn't foresee Vladkilla coming up, but <laughs> but uh, I believe it's on YouTube somewhere. I'll I'll, uh, I'll link it up. If anything is screaming for a watch along on Discord, it is Vladkilla. The Chud was not involved in this though. No, which is the sort Chud of sad. was not involved. <laughs> Chud, I don't have that kind of jack on the Chud. He's a pretty independent, free thinker, boat. But yeah, I felt like the. I mean, you don't want to know where I could get away with it. Was awesome. I've even got footage of the home cleansing, and it's the stupidest thing. The fact that people did what I wanted, I wish I had that kind of power again because it was it was it was intoxicating, awesome power, boat. Mm. I'd love to be a cult leader. Well, we all have dreams. Mm. Chris Folds asks, if you could make one species of animal talk, which would it be? That's a great question. He's in the cult boat. He's in. (laughs) If I could make one species of animal talk, what about you? What do you got thought on that? I'd go with dogs. I'd love to have a dog talk. 
See, that's the easy answer. What what are you going to say? You can't be anything that you're eating. You don't want to you don't want pigs talking. How trippy do you want this? Because if you're going to do it, let's get trippy. What if like gnats talked? Big okay. swarms of talking gnats. Think Go about on. it. Think of how disturbing. That's a Cthulhu level insanity buster. Yeah. In fact, like when when you in a horror film when they want to ratchet up the tension, it sort of is. You do hear that sort of zzz, that sort of buzzing. The, yeah, the, but they the would gnats. talk. Think well, yeah, about but all they'd, that they'd buzzing they'd be replaced by some... and buzzing. Because what do gnats want to do? They want to land on you, and then they want to like bite you or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Eat you. That's right. And so they're they're what are they going to talk about in their group? Let's bite him. Let's bite him. Hundreds and thousands of things saying get him all at once, and they're right. swarming your head. You know, mm-hmm. what do you do when you get a bunch of gnats swarming around you? I just, I, what do I do? Yeah. I just sit there. I mean, we you, just, you just take it. You just don't. Of, you don't do like, one of these. Sort of like a horse. That's what I do. I just say, Sometimes no. I try and outmaneuver them. I do right. my dip. Yeah. Did that does that work? No. <laughs> uh, let's see. Jonah asks. Back in the day, we had the wrestlers or the muscular baby oiled guys on TV, like Arnie or John Rambo. The yeah. common man tended to be a skinny, pasty guy or overweight. What are your thoughts on the gener- younger generations now? Everyone is ripped, Botoxed, and every guy looks like an Adonis. We can't compete with this. I don't know where the question is. <laughs> in this. I think the question was, what do you think of this new, the new level of heroes that we've had? Oh, okay. By the way, the okay. new level of heroes is exactly like the old level. If you look back in the in the 80s, it's not like there was a bunch of tubby dupuses that were in all the action movies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you got the big Lebowski. You didn't see the big Lebowski using his whip to jump over a, a river or anything. You know, he was a big tubby oaf who drank booze, you know, bam. But uh, when it comes to the... I, I don't see much of a difference. I mean, I think uh, the hero movies are literally... That's one thing. If there's a constant on Earth, in America anyway, it's that these action-packed movies are full of beautiful, chiseled Adonises, hot, voluptuous women... Who and the rest of the movie doesn't really mean that much. They're just gonna go out there and do some stuff. You're just looking at them anyway, just like it mm-hmm. was in the '80s, boat. Except probably yeah. less guns. That's about the only thing I can say is the difference. Yeah, I, I probably agree with you. I think that um, really, I mean, action movies are built on the fact that you have these comic book like characters, men and women. They need yeah. to be larger than life. They need to be perfect physical specimens. If they aren't, the illusion is broken. Like, nobody's going to believe that Batman looks like me, you know? They, Batman needs to look like, a, you know, a freaking chiseled beast. I mean, I am a chiseled beast, but even more chiseled. So, yeah, I agree with you. Mm. All right, we move on to Graham W. Vebke. He says, if you could choose to live to 200, would you? I do choose that. So, yes. Who's going to say no? Well... There are some people Burn that think there, there, there are some people that think that the world 200 years from now is not going to be an awesome place to live. That we're on sort of a slide into oblivion. Here's my motto, boat. And I picked this up. I picked this up. <coughs> Listen, we don't know what once you once you kick the bucket. Who knows what's going to happen? I know you're a religious man. You have faith, which is right. a uh, probably the most uh, beautiful thing you could have on this planet, the ability to have faith in an afterlife and, and a, a savior, okay? But if you don't have that, 
You're a little, like, I'm more of a, like, gambler type. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. You may go to heaven. You may lay in a ditch and not nothing happens. Who knows? If I'm still alive, I know at least I'll be alive. So, wh that my motto, why take a chance? I'll just stay here and, and, and uh, see what happens. I, I think for me, I want to live, the quality of my life is more important than the length of my life. Like when you think about, and yeah, obviously we, we differ on this, but I don't want to be one of these people that wastes away the last 10 to 30 years of their life laying in a bed in a nursing home. Like to me, that's not what I call living a good life. Uh, especially, you know, like if you don't have anybody that comes to see you, you know, if you're basically just there all the time watching the tube or whatever. So I would rather die, you know, it's 75 and be, you know, with my boots on, as they say, rather than live to 200 and have the last three quarters of that be, you know, basically just kind of lay in there. I understand what you're saying. And I, I'm not saying, and listen, I can't say that you're wrong. It's your opinion. But that's an easy thing to say when you're a younger, not sick person who uh, has plenty of time left. If you're the sucker in the bed and they're like, well, Fred... Uh, we can let you keep on living or we can kill you. I, I'm sure as I'm sitting here, you're, I'm not saying in your particular instance, your mind may be changed, but often I think it would be. All righty. Question two. If you were guaranteed to learn a foreign language in 30 days, which one would you avoid and which one would you choose and why? What, what do you think on that? I, I had to ponder this. Well, I would love to know Japanese. I would yeah, love to know Japanese. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. Yeah. But, I mean, in terms of languages I would avoid, I can't think of a single negative reason for knowing a foreign language. That's, like, one of the things that can only be a positive thing. Like, well, if you communicate with somebody else. it a dead language else, or something. That no, or, that, you know what I'm saying? That you could, you could pick one okay. that no one uses. Like Yeah, I mean, like, maybe, like, like Sanskrit or something, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, But, I mean, it just seems like, to me, that's one of the things that I respect about our friends across, you know, not, not in England, because they're just as dumb as we are, but people that live in, on, the, on the continent, one of the things that I, I respect about them the most is that so many of them speak three, four, five languages. To me, that's yeah. just like the ultimate coolness. Yeah, because hardly anyone here speaks anything. We barely speak yeah. English. I, I would like to, man, listen, it's tough to choose. I would, someone mentioned Cantonese. That'd be awesome. I would also like to learn Japanese. Uh, uh, Portuguese would be awesome to know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would uh, love to learn Portuguese because I love Bossa Nova music, and so many of that yeah. comes out of Brazil. Yeah, so there's plenty of good languages. German would be fun to know. Uh, there's tons of them. You know, but there you go. I'm, we're too dumb to do it. Yes, absolutely. We do. All right, Graham rolls on with his third question. He says, what would you do if you knew... This is a good question. What would you do? What's something you would do if you know you would get away with it and no one would ever know it was you? <clears throat> wow, I never thought about it, to be honest with you. What, do you have anything off the top of your head? Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, the thing that immediately came to my mind is I would go into somebody who is incredibly rich, like Jeff Bezos. If I could go into his bank account and just take a billion dollars, because I think he's worth something like $300 billion or something insane like that. If I could take a billion dollars, he'd be perfectly fine the rest of his life, him and his family, from now until the end of the time. Take a billion dollars out of that to do with what I would want, and nobody would know it was me. I think mine would be more of a vengeance play. Oh, okay. Tell us more. Well, I can't really get into it uh, too much. <laughs> but uh, And I, to be honest, I'm not, I haven't settled on who would get my wrath. 
but it would probably be some uh, world leader uh, would get a, a get a good hard spanking mm-hmm. uh, at, at the bare minimum. You know, there's a lot of people out there that just need a a, a, a good slap in the face, boat. And mm-hmm. so it would be nice to be able to deliver said slap and then get away scot free. I mean, your mm-hmm. your idea was I didn't think about it uh, getting financial gain. That'd be nice too. So. And it's not just for me. I mean, think about all the good you could do in the world with an extra billion dollars behind you. Yeah, yeah. Now, it would be ill-gotten gains, to be honest with you. I don't know if my conscience would actually allow it. But if I put on the black hat, if you will. Come on, bud. Your conscience wouldn't allow you to get a billion dollars. I don't Come know. On, it, would be, it would be interesting. Sometimes I wonder, you know, if I were ever actually put in a situation like that, how, how I would react. All right, question three, question four from Graham. Graham gave us four big questions this week. It says, uh, does it concern you that social media vultures often believe certain verified or partner content producers' words over the facts and that they then launch deplatform attacks and takedowns on a whim? And do you think that the current state of the platforms is wrong and very broken and favors these people like I do? Yes. I think I know what he's getting at here. It's funny. This is sort of uh, timely news. Uh, I guess what he's saying is, I I was just reading something that was in Discord yesterday where a content uh, uh, maker, I guess I always hated the fact that, the fact that you you call yourself a content creator, it always seems seems so impersonal and stupid. It does, yeah. A content creator was being uh, taken to task and given multiple strikes because he had reviewed a game of somebody who didn't like his review, and mm-hmm. they were pissed off, and so they were taking him to task, and and basically, sadly, with a bunch of baloney, YouTube baloney. Now, I don't know if that's exactly what he said, but it is timely. And the answer to that question is, we talked about this earlier, with, your, with the many copyright baloney strikes we get for stupid crap, like the music from the C64 version of Commando, right. or Boat's god-awful... Patreon <laughs> renditions of songs, we, but now, still get picked up by the by the yeah, by the rights holders. Let's let, let me just say this: uh, I don't think this is newsy. Like, there's nobody making any money off YouTube anymore because they are they are double tight. No one ain't making no money. Anyone? Do you think you think all oh, this sucker's getting loaded? Even the big players aren't making a ton of cash off YouTube. And then they come in with this crap, uh, with these copyright, uh, this stupid, idiotic copyright stuff. Uh, so yes, the platform is an idiot, and the people that do that stuff—they're—they're they're undermining their own popularity. If there was a alternative to say a YouTube or a Twitch right now, uh, they would go. But the problem is there can't be because the uh, because everyone is subservient to all these people that own all these copyrights—the record industry, the movie industry—and so we're all gonna have to just suffer through until something comes along that doesn't give a damn about that. I don't know if that's somewhere in the ballpark of what he was talking about. Do you want to take a stab at this? Well, the you know the problem is is that, I you know I I have sympathy of course for the content creators I have sympathy for us, <laughs> but I also have sympathy to some extent for the platforms themselves because they're trying to make a buck. Of course, they're in business just like everybody else is. They're also trying to please all of the people who own all of these rights in a copyright system like we have in America, which is completely broken, which was written back in the 70s and doesn't take into account any of the new technology that we've had in the past 50 years. And so everybody is sort of trying to get by as best they can. I'm not saying that you know that certain things couldn't be done better. Uh, of course there are, but 
it's a it's a broken system and it starts with reforming the copyright laws that currently exist in this country because they 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 weren't they didn't come about at a time where you would use things in the way that we are using them and uh, I wrote my entire grad school dissertation on this subject so I could go on but the is it's a broken system and it starts with reforming copyright law and the problem is is that the big companies like Disney that are making the most bank out of copyright law as it currently stands are also providing the most money to the lawmakers through lobbying. That's right. You just you just took. I was waiting for it, and you said it. First of all, Disney is one of the companies that just basically rewrote copyright laws to suit it. They just decided, right. hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. Listen, much like everything else in the states, uh, this is a huge scam. It's a big old scam. What would be awesome is if everyone, all, you know, all these people that are copyright enforcement hungry, they forget what what makes these copyrights, what makes these items uh, desirable, because they're spoken of, they're talked about, they're uh, they're reviewed, they're they're uh, sang about, they're written about. These things exist uh, because the memories of them are kept alive through all these various media points. The, media, the same media points that they want to choke out or they want a piece, a piece of the action. You know, I have no, let me repeat this, I have no sympathy for YouTube uh, owned by the big, huge Google death machine. I have no sympathy for them because, yes, they're in a sport where they have to uh, enforce these copyright laws, but they're, they're, doing, they're ridiculous about it. It's not like they don't do a bunch of crazy stuff anyway that no one can comprehend. It's not like they, if, if Google was above reproach, I'd be having a different attitude about this. But they're not. Uh, the uh, record companies, movie companies, they've got all this action with our government, like you said. And so, ultimately, we will never get to a point where we're going to be happy with this because we don't have the jack. Our government is mostly ran by the corporations with the big money. The rest of us are sort of bit players. And the fact that YouTube has an entire platform that is made for them, that we're all making this stuff for them, YouTube barely does anything. They're the ones reaping all the benefit. It's not like they're paying all the people that make the content any money. So why should they change? You know, we could go on. I will let it lie. Chris Folds asks, What is the longest amount of time you have ever been awake? 52 hours? Yeah. Something like that. So wait, you got you to gotta expound. Tell us the story. Um, gosh, what? well, I, I wish I could. I don't remember why. I, I, there was a reason, but I don't remember what it was. I remember thinking to myself, my God, I've been awake for, I, I'm sure a girl was involved, and I know driving was involved, but I'm not 100% sure why. I, I, it's been so long, I don't remember. I'll be honest with you, but... I remember, I remember thinking to myself, wow, I hope I'm never awake for this long again, because it was not good. What about you? The longest time I've ever been awake was when I went to Korea for the first time. Yeah. So I, I flew direct. Okay, so I'd, I'd been awake all day, and then I flew direct from JFK to Seoul, and it was something like, I don't know, 16 hours or so, JFK to Seoul, about 16 hours. Um, and, uh, and then when I arrived at the airport, I waited for another eight hours for the bus to pick me up and take me to my new teacher orientation in Korea, at which time I was in a classroom for another eight hours <laughs> learning the ropes of teaching in Korea before I was wow. able to go to sleep. So cool. I would say altogether it was probably about 30 hours. 
but it was 30 hours of like crazy cross-world travel, being in a new country for the first time, not knowing what was going on, confusion. I will say, we have both spent 24 straight hours together. I really was more like 26 mm-hmm. when we did that Amigos uh, yeah, the uh, marathon mm-hmm. uh, charity event. And you were a surly lad, my friend. I do not do well without sleep. No, yeah. I, will, I will put that out there right now. And I'm, away. Not, I'm sure I wasn't Commander Fun either. And the footage that's gone from that, part of me <laughs> would like to see it again, and part of me hopes it never services. I because agree. That last, those last six hours, so were just the dirt worst, but yeah. horrible. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, uh, let's see. Christian Russell asks, if money, work, or family were no object... Where in the world would you like to live, or where in the USA would you like to live, if not glorious West Virginia? I'll tell you something. Wasn't it, did you just put a, a thing up that said Finland was the, once again the happiest people yep. on earth? Mm-hmm. Finland's starting to look pretty good, Boat. I see pictures mm-hmm. from up there. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I, we've asked, been asked this before. I think I've given answers two or three different times, different answers. But hey, listen, I want to be happy. You know, everyone I've met from up there is awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go out on the limb here, despite the fact I've never been there, and say Finland, Boat. In terms of the USA, listen, I would probably stick around here, but I would probably be somewhere more remote. You know, right. like a uh, a top uh, a top rope, God, a top, <laughs> uh, like a top of the mountain, sort of a uh, a uh, a. Uh, you know when you're driving on the interstate just past Hayes Valley, and there's that house up on the on the hill on the left side. Like on it's, way to it's just it's just it, it no no on the going the other way you go just past the Taze Valley exit past all the development and the big lots and all that stuff and there's that big house on the hill would you like to live up there someplace like Too that close to the internet or the interstate yeah I, I've lived right near the interstate and I don't care what kind of house you've got when a big truck comes rumbling through there it knocks your drink off the table no good so yeah right, yeah you gotta right. get further away for me you know for a long time. Not really for a long time, but, you know, for a while, I've thought that I might want to live in Japan full time. But the more I think about it, the more I think the language barrier would, would really come into play because I'm not getting any younger. And the the amount of time and effort that it takes to learn a foreign language would probably be beyond me at this point in my life. Not because I couldn't do it, but just because I'm incredibly lazy. Yeah. Um, so I would probably go for some place international but still having a big expat community i would probably go for somewhere like the south of france you get the mediterranean you get the ocean you get like the really nice houses it's my favorite place i've ever been i, I went and i spent about a week out there in pepignan in the, in the south of france out there too you gotta it you gotta is pay the big and, money. and so money's no object though in, in the oh. uh in the uh, in the in the question so you know if money were no object i would probably do that in the u.s I mean, I've told you this before. I could live anywhere I wanted in the in the in the country. I have enough years as a teacher. I could get hired anywhere like that. But I I like living in West Virginia. I really like living here. So it's, I don't it's know the where I go. Proximity to me, I think that it is, that is the, it pays the bills there. So well done. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah. As long as I can live within five miles of Irene Circle, that's all I care about. That's right. All right. Net Surge asks if you could only have one eight bit micro, what would it be? I'll answer this one first. All right. Commodore 64, no question. The breadth of the library alone makes that the obvious answer. I mean, you can play any genre you want, 
and the game, there are a billion games. The machine had like a 12 or 13 year lifespan. Yeah. And um, and the, the graphics are serviceable. The music is outstanding. Um, I can't think of any reason why I wouldn't go with the Commodore 64 if I could only choose one. I'm going to go out on a limb here, Boat. And this is this is recent knowledge. The system that I now you know I love a lot of the eight bits, the ZX and the and the Coco and et cetera, et cetera, Atari. I'm gonna pick the freaking MSX boat. That thing's Not a bad got all it's like having five different computers on one system, man. It's got ZX Spectrum games, it's got Amstrad games, it's got uh Commodore sixty four games, it's got PC games, it's got everything. It's got good sound. It can have good graphics. You know, I would have gone with the MSX, but um, I think that a lot of the games that I'd be into playing would have to have translations because they were in Japanese. They exist, though. They exist, though, yeah. Yeah. The the same thing with the Sharp, you know, the X68000. I'd love to get into that, but everything's everything's Japanese. That's a 16-bit, too. You can't use that one. Well, speaking of that, his follow-up question is same question, but for a 16-bit micro, which would you choose? So you would choose the CC8000. I don't know enough about that one to pick. I don't. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I was just saying, like, that's another one that has a bunch of untranslated games. You can't. It would be difficult for me to go with anything other than. Well, I mean, does a does like a, a, a DOS machine count? Is that 16-bit? Yeah. You could pick a DOS machine. I wouldn't, but you can. It would be hard because it me would not suck. To, well, it would be. I would, well, I like it, what. When does the 16-bit era for DOS machines end? What year? Listen, I'm not. I'm not the archivist. I don't have any idea. I, well, Ask you're a big computer ch- guy. You've got a chat room full of geniuses here. Let, get one of them to figure it out for you. Okay. Well, you can I'll go ahead answer while you're jacking around. Listen, I've played a lot of 16-bit systems, my friend. You're going to be hard-pressed. You're going to be hard to find something that's going to get any better than the good old, old-school Amiga, my friend. Amiga action. Great games. Great music. Uh, great art programs. The utilities that you could use. It's the Amiga, baby. We're the Amigos. I'm Amigo and I'm choosing the Amiga. I'm a homer. Okay, so the, the chat says that the 286 is 16-bit. So, yeah. If we're limiting ourselves to the 286 yeah, and before... Please pick that. <laughs> then, then yeah, I would go with the Amiga 100% yeah. of the time. 100% but you, time. wait a minute, Boat. Aren't you the same jerk type that badmouths the Amiga at every turn? Listen, in the world of 16-bit micros, the one-eyed man is king. You could have picked that the FM man Towns. The yeah, I could if I wanted to play lots of adult content games. Next up, uh, in our final question, comes from Christian Russell. He says, what game would you say gave you the most satisfaction in completing? I've completed so few. <laughs> I will say, just because, and I, I'm going to I'm gonna claim I completed this, even though I got screwed. I have tried for years to beat Pitfall 2. <laughs> I've tried <laughs> for so long. And when I finally did it, I was so happy. Why did I pick the Atari 8-bits to do it on? <laughs> Because there's extra levels that weren't in the mm-hmm. rest of the releases. But I did complete the game. I'm going to say that one comes to mind. right? I, also, I would say Wings. I felt a lot of satisfaction just because that was such a cool game. But yeah, I was, I'm going to go with Pit- Pitfall 2, Boat. Uh, for me, it was when I beat uh, probably Final Fantasy 3. This was a, a game. You know how these JRPGs are. You can yeah. put 100 hours into them like nothing. 
And the, the payoff, I mean, the ending of that game is a full 30-minute long, like, cartoon episode. I beat it, and then I beat it again, and then I made my mom watch it because I thought it was so cool. When you say cartoon, uh, do you mean, like, endless dialogue boxes that just sprout over and over? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we were before you got here, since you were running late, I was playing Castlevania for the Zex. Uh, 128. <laughs> it wasn't as bad as that. It wasn't as bad as that. And that this, is insane. On the first <laughs> level, it, it, yeah, it, on the screen the was guy. a novel. Let me tell you, you know, yeah. people are like, oh, I've got 600 hours in Final Fantasy 23. Well, there's a reason for that. It's the same crap over and over, and they just stick in a novel. You know, that's not that 600 hours of gameplay. That's not gameplay. It, it, you're going out and fighting. The, the the fighting is so lame. You know, it's just little static screens with numbers flying. That's not extra hours of gameplay. That's just, it's filler, man. I can't figure out why people get into that so much. And I haven't played your Final Fantasy, so it might be the best. I'm just saying, I don't I don't get that. I never have understood why that was a thing. But, you know, you know. School me, Bo. What made that game stand out? Um, you know, I, I actually I thought that the the thing that I like about Japanese role-playing games is that they have lots of characters, you visit lots of locations, and you have a story that is like a real story. Now, it is. It's a lot of text. It's a lot of reading. And if you don't like that, then that's not going to be your bag. Um, but I like the way that you have character progression. I like the way that you're constantly you know, upgrading your equipment and stuff like that. I love the statistics side. And I also love the story side. But the big thing for me is that it's a marriage of really lush, beautiful graphics and, you know, some of the best soundtracks that have ever been created for a video game. Because when you have a game that's that epic, you're going to want to have, I mean, the soundtrack for Chrono Trigger is something like 64 tracks and they're all fully realized pieces of classical music. I like good music. It's, you know, I was, Mitsuyama summed it up best earlier. When we were going through the uh, Castlevania, he said, "If I wanted to read this much, I'd have read a book." <laughs> well, the, 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 I played that thing on the video that I made for the Mister last night. Oh, did you? Is that expected? It looks and sounds great. And, I will say and that that it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it, it, that that is that that one particular part is ridiculous. So I do want to go back to that game though because it looked really good. Yeah, it looked it just played like way better than the Amiga version. Holy yeah. smokes! You know, listen, when it comes to the RPG thing. I am a mutant, okay? Well, you I, don't have to like every genre. No, but genre. I mean, I, okay. I, I'm, I'm, this, I'm invalidating my own opinion here, so bear with me. I am a twitchy, like, easily bored doofus, okay? I don't like repetitive tasks. I don't like action that's not action, where you watch other things happen, and you sort of click some boxes. Right, indirect control. You know, and I'm not saying that's, I, and that's me, Okay, sure. it's the yeah. same reason I don't like simulations that much. I mean, like, like a sim, like a, 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 a turn-based stuff or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or I, I just it. I same reason I stopped playing te- chess. It's just, I don't have the patience for it, and I don't like. I don't just like to to be idle. It just drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, it's a character flaw, so I rag on JRPGs and some of this other stuff. And if for you know, to each his own. Listen, I like to play every stupid fighting game there is. I'll play them all, and I know they're crap, and I'll still play them. But it's just the sort of twitchy, like arcadey crap that I'm used to. Uh, and I never have been able to sit down and get into the story 
because part of the reason that people tell me, I mean, you're the music, that's that's great. But, I mean, at the end of the day, when you're playing one of these Final Fantasy games or whatever, you're investing yourself in the story. I like a good story. I'm an RPG guy. That's probably another reason I don't like them. And I can understand a good story, but you have to invest in that story. And I've never played one of those to any length where the I got to the point where I was invested in the story. Sure. And I think yeah. that's the name of the game. The rest of the gameplay is sort of irrelevant. You have to be invested in the story, and if you're not, you're, it's sort of like faith. It, and there is, there is, these games are built on doing repetitive tasks. Like, the whole concept of grinding levels, where you go into a place and you have random encounters, and you literally just walk around a small area and wait for monsters to attack you. Yeah. And then save up enough gold to buy the sword that gives you twelve attack points instead of ten. Yeah. Like, if you, I totally get why people in, don't like these games. Yeah, yeah. I hate that. I, yeah, I and that's fine. I just happen to, I just happen to like them. To put it in perspective, okay, and this is something that's not the least bit JRPG, but to me it falls in the same category. Something like a Diablo. All right, mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't like looting. I don't right. like collecting gold. I don't like to go to the store. I don't like the inventory. I don't want to run a party. I don't sure. want any of that crap. Okay? Mm-hmm. Doom. I want to go through and shoot and kill with a very basic inventory that I don't have to do anything about. Yeah. You know, and something like, and you wouldn't count, uh, uh, you know, Diablo is not the same as Final Fantasy III. It's not. But the, the, the core elements I don't like are in both. You know, yeah, I don't. I absolutely. just don't. Now, now it does interest me though because isn't EverQuest also built on some of those same? And mechanics? I hate it. I hated that. I hate. I I, I hate crafting. Okay, crafting. But you played a, a lot deal. of EverQuest. I I hate. I never crafted it, and because you could buy stuff. But I mean, yeah, you're right. But I never did that stuff. I and mean, even Coh have some sort of crafting elements. I never do them. I just don't like it. I don't want to sit in a game and sew or make pottery. Well, well, let's take the crafting out of it. Yeah. In EverQuest, you have to go beat a thousand little bad guys to get enough gold to buy the next big sword or to gain the level to be able to do the next thing. Horrible. To me, that seems very similar. It is exactly correct. And it's horrible. And I hated it. Uh, The thing, that was like, you ever sit down and play a game and you're literally... Put, you're putting yourself on autopilot, and you're just killing time. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. I would play the game, and I would go k- get all the uh, you know bat skulls or the stupid crap I need to get mm-hmm. to get the next thing. I'd get it, but I didn't enjoy it. What I enjoyed was the camaraderie, getting together sure. a party to make it more D and D. Let me ask you: You've played role playing. Have you ever mm-hmm. played a D and D game where I, as your GM, said, "Boat, we're going to start the quest, but first, go out and gather fifty squirrel hides." Well, no, because that would suck. So mm-hmm. why is that in the game, man? Who wants yeah. to do that? It's called it's, and the reason it's in the game, as we both know, is to give the game more length. You know, I would say give the game more length, give you something to do, because yeah. it can't all be questing well, in the game. Yeah, and I agree with you that the the fact that these games are called role playing games, yeah. they are not the same as pen and paper role playing games. They're, They're totally not. different. And so, it, yeah. and you can like one and not like the other. Yeah, and um, I think I think that's part of the reason I've always had trouble with a with a quote unquote role playing game on a computer. It is not is absolutely not the same. Yeah, uh, you and to call it that, even the D and D, the gold box, all that crap. You mm-hmm. can say that that's what they are, but they're not. Now I haven't played enough of the newer stuff. It may be much more like a role playing game. But you know, anytime you have to gather stuff or do side quests or crap. As a DM myself, 
I'm not sending suckers on side quests. I got something written up. We're going to do it. You know, that we're, mm-hmm. there's a, if they do a side quest, you're, they're screwing me. I want them to do the main quest, you know. And so with that sort of mentality, it's, it's I think that's part of the reason I've had trouble getting into stuff like like computerized role-playing games and JRPGs. Yeah, and I like mean, that. I guess, you know, when I think about grinding and things like that, is a lot of the times, just like you, I would put on a record or something like that. And this is something yeah. that I can do while I'm listening to this music. But at right. the same time, because you spent so much time doing this thing, it makes you invested and it makes you care more about it just because you put that much amount of time in. And that goes beyond any kind of, anytime you put that much time in anything, you care more about it. Um, but yeah, to me now, would I ever go back and play any Japanese role-playing game now? No, because I've moved past the time in my life where I have six or seven hours of free time a day where I can put on a They Might Be Giants record and grind out a couple levels. So. Remember, remember when you used to ask me, why do you like City of Heroes? Mm-hmm. One of the main reasons, yes, as superheroes, you have power. So, but one of the main things I liked about it was there was no looting at mm-hmm. all. There was no... Which is interesting. It has to be one of the few MMOs yeah. that doesn't have any You looting. would pick up enhancements for your powers occasionally, uh, or, or inspirations which give you like little hit point boosts and stuff. But I mean, they you literally you didn't loot them. You just got them. They, just, they came mm-hmm. and you didn't do anything. You didn't have to use them. And I don't like the baloney... Okay, do I, I've got a rat bone. Do I keep? I've got a stack of rat bones now. Okay, I got twenty rat bones. I don't care. I don't mm-hmm. care about that. I want to go punch the bad guy or shoot him, mm-hmm. you know. And so I cannot get invested in games, which I have. I've played EQ and EQ two, World of Warcraft. I played all these games, but that was the thing that was always the hitch with me. That, that stuff. Anytime there's a, something I have to get, and when I finally get the last part, I'm like. Oh, thank God I got that out of the way. That means I didn't have fun getting to that point. Right. At that point, the game is work and not a game anymore. You got it. Yeah. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us for this edition of Ask the Amigos. As always, if you're a member of our Discord community, by supporting any of the shows on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network, you can leave us a question in the Ask the Amigos Discord channel. We'd love to hear from you for next month's edition. And until then, adios. adios.